Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy and healthy life. Not as disabled people, but as people with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you feeling today, my friend? You feeling good? You feeling strong? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. We have got a good one for you today. We've got a great guest, Carol Slusky. Carol has a serious disability. Carol has a broken heart. That's right. I said a broken heart. She lost a daughter. Her daughter passed away several years ago, and she still mourns her today. She has a heart that's been broken, but a heart that's big enough that she wants to share this story with others, others who are going through the same type of pain. I can't say enough about her. When you hear this interview, you're going to realize what I'm talking about. But I want you to sit back for a second. Well, Lisa gives us a bio on Carol, a short bio. So sit back for a second and listen to what Lisa has to tell us. Who is Carol Slusky? Carol Slusky is a wife, a mother of two daughters, and grandmother to two wonderful granddaughters. Unfortunately, Carol is also a victim of the worst loss a person can have. She is a parent who lost her child and experienced the mental and physical pain of grief. Through devotion in faith, she reached out to God for help to survive. She currently resides in Florida with her husband Dr. Dennis Slusky, and after 30 years, Carol had a calling to share her journey of learning how to live out life with peace and well-being. Her story will make you cry, laugh, connect, understand, learn, sympathize, appreciate, and believe in hope. Over the course of the years, Carol has gathered her expertise, knowledge, and talent, then put it to use for her recovery, as well as to benefit others. Professionally, Carol is an accomplished entrepreneur in business and creative arts. I'm going to pass this back over to Jimmy so he may introduce you to this amazing person, Carol Slusky. Thank you very much, Lisa. And without further ado, let me introduce you to our new friend, Carol Slusky. So, as I told you, we have with us today, Carol Slusky. She's the one I've been talking about. How are you doing today, Carol? I'm doing wonderful, and I want to thank you, Jimmy, for inviting me onto your show. I want to thank you for coming on. You've been a hard person to get. <laughs> so, how's everything? How's the well, I, oh, you were going to ask me how my book is? I was going to ask you how your book is. Well, I'm very pleased on it. I've got, um, you know, my follow-up is telling me that it's helping people out there. there it, that's the reason I wrote it, is to help others that are in pain and grief from losing a loved one. And I originally wrote the book because of my daughter, you know, losing a child. But then as I had other people kind of, you know, um, read it, I belong to a Bible study, and I asked some of the gals in the study that if I got like halfway through, if they would read my manuscript. And what I was looking for from them is my direction on what what they wanted to hear me say. And all I got back, the feedback I got was, I cried, I laughed, you made me feel good, you made me realize that losing a child hurts so bad. But I can't understand it because I never lost a child. That was the ones that never did. So they they got an insight to it. And that's one of the goals I was trying to get was to have, you know, people in your family understand if you lost your child. But then I had other people say, Carol, I related your book, which you wrote to my father. Or some said my mother, some said my husband, my wife. So I guess it's generic. It could help anyone. 
and everyone. So that's what made me happy. And that's where I continued on my manuscript into the book is to keep in mind all the things that I could tell people, whether it was someone they lost that was in the media, in, in their immediate family or a friend they loved, that you could apply this too to that loss to make yourself better, to heal, not to die. Please don't die from a death. Make yourself well. I don't know I don't know how anyone can compare. I think losing a child is probably the worst thing that can happen. It's just simply because children aren't supposed to go before parents. That's right. That's there's there's a cliche that says there's no greater loss than losing a child. Hey. There's a reason that they say that because you know, for me, I believe it to be true. But, you know, I've talked to other women, though, and when I say that, and they haven't lost a child, but they lost their husband, and they really love their husband, you know, they kind of say, yep, yeah, but you don't know. I mean, my loss is so great because I, I did love him so much. So there's different degrees of everyone's loss. Oh, and, there is. Just like yeah. we were talking about, nobody knows we were right. talk, like we were talking earlier. Nobody knows yeah. what it's like to lose. I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's and, just so but, hard to lose a child, I would imagine. Well, I really get into that part of it, Jim, in my, in my book as far as why I think that's true. Because I had 30 years of, you know, hashing this over in my mind about what, why, why is is hurting me so much. I, I'm just unable to stop, you know, missing her. And even as I got better and I, I started to have happinesses in my life, I would still get back that cloud that would come over me and remember her and miss her so, so much. But then what, what made me realize that is that what about the DNA factor involved here? Let's bring a little science into it. Now, I'm not a doctor. I write that in my book. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a veterinarian. <laughs> but all I do know is that I'm a mother and I lost a child. And I loved my baby before I even delivered her. Sure. I loved her before I knew she was a girl or a boy. You know, and... So I believe in the DNA factor involved that God gave us something very special. I don't know what it is, but it is part of us. Our child is part of us. It's part of the mother and part of the father. It's our, we made that baby. We made that baby out of love. We made that baby out of nature. It's something that God gave to us. And when they die, they take part of that out of us. Part of us goes with them. That's the way it was for me. I felt part of me was gone, and I was never going to get it back. But then, through prayer and my spirituality as it grew, I started realizing that, wait a minute here, I think I can get that back. If I live the rest of my life being spiritual, loving, instead of you know hating or being angry or being mad, I'm going to try to get to heaven so I could be with Paula again, so I could hold her and kiss her. And why not believe? My dad taught us three daughters, used to say to us little girls that, you know what? It's better to believe than not to believe because you have nothing to lose if you believe. Because when you die, you'll go to heaven. But if you don't believe and you find out that you weren't good and you're going to hell, that's not good for you either. This so, is true. So why don't you be on the right track from day one and start believing? And you know what? There's ways to believe, too. you got to study. you got to read. Uh, my goodness, over 30 years, I used to love reading books on, on spirituality. I read all the books that were out there on near-death near uh, experiences. I read all those books. And what they did for me is they gave me hope fattened up my, my spirituality. They gave me a reason to even investigating further. And the more I read, the more I found out about myself, my religion, the stronger I became. And as I said before, 
that you have to work on yourself. You can't expect God to do everything for you. You have to take your life in your own hands. Listen to him. He'll tell you what to do. Listen to your spirituality. Listen to the Holy Ghost and you, the Holy Spirit. You will hear him say to you, this is what he said to me, Carol. You got a lot going for you, girl. You've got talents. You know how to paint. You're good at your job. You love people. Why don't you stop feeling sorry for yourself and maybe try to get yourself together? Do it a little bit at a time. Take one step at a time. He said, I'll be patient with you. You could take those little baby steps, but take some. Don't stay in bed. Don't, whatever you do, don't grieve. Don't be crying all the time. Give yourself an allowance. Give yourself a certain amount of time to cry a day. Do it. Go out in the car and scream. I used to do that. I used to get in the car and scream. I would get to the cemetery and I would scream when no one was around. Just stand there out in the openness and was like being in a big prairie and I would scream and say, why, why, why did this have to happen to me? But I buried her in a mausoleum, and then when I opened the doors to the mausoleum, it was like walking into heaven. It was like walk. I was walking, like just walking on the streets of gold. And I felt, I just felt, I felt all of these souls around me and how spiritual and holy this place was. And that's part of my healing. You do things like that. Go ahead and, and let it out and say a prayer, cry. And then let, let, let that feeling of, of healing come in. It's kind of like a joy. It really does. It feels, it feels like almost like you want to just smile. And, and, you know, I put a, an example in, in the book about when you see a baby, a, a little baby, maybe it's just a few months old, and when they giggle and they start laughing and the drool comes out of their, their mouth and you see their eyes. <laughs> just sparkle and lighten up and then they can really really laugh i mean they giggle they absolutely giggle what more beauty is that to see and to know come on <laughs> where'd that come from god made that baby where'd that come from we're all we're a beautiful design of god and when you start believing in that, you do want to get better. You want to start living again. You want to start going out for dinner with your friends. You want to start listening to music again. You want to start laughing again. You want to start listening to jokes again. There's so much you want to begin to do again. And I don't know. It's just, like I said, one step at a time. But you've got to start those steps. Otherwise, nobody's going to do it for you. Can I ask you a question? In yes. the in the very beginning, because I I know you you are so strong in your faith, but in the very beginning, back on March eighteenth, was there ever a point that you got mad at God? No, I you know what? I I could say I never got mad at God. I didn't get mad. But what I did do is I questioned God. I, my question was why? Why, 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 why did you take her? Or is this something that is, was just supposed to be? And I have to honestly say that the people get, that get angry at God, what they've got to do in order to get out of that pit, because now when you're really angry and mad at God, you're kind of like a deep pit. Hmm. And you got to get out there for the healing process. This is the time that you really need to be strong and you really need to start praying. And you you need to ask him to really help you. You know, I know other people that they've gotten down on their hands and their knees and they've asked God really to start helping them, crying, even helping them, uh, yelling to help them. So this doesn't hurt. You could get, get whatever it takes. You ask him, you've got to ask him to help you and say, I'm angry at you. Okay, I'm mad at you. If that's what you feel, be honest, tell him that. But then also end it by saying, help me, help me because I want to live. I want to have happiness in my life. I want to have joy. I want to be loved. I want to love. I don't want to die. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be locked up in my house all day. I don't want to be alone. 
I don't want to be sad. I don't want to cry all the time. Please, please help me. Oh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I know in my case, I, I was the person asking why when it was me. You know, when I had my accident, I was like, why did this happen to me? Did you, did you get your answer? <laughs> I, I think I think what I'm doing right now is the answer that I I think so too, Jim. I really do. I think I, I think I, I think it took it took a number of years because for the longest time I you know I couldn't figure out why. But I think this is why. I knew there had to be a reason. Well, Jimmy, I don't think this is why for you. I can tell by the first moment that I spoke with you and listened to you that this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're meant to do for the rest of your life. I hope you're prepared to be on these shows a long, long time because this is what you're meant to do. You know, we are in such a crisis in our world. We need we need faith. We need God everywhere. We just need to wrap them up, bring them into us, and hold on because we've got a journey ahead of us. And, you know, just as you are, I've asked myself, especially when I finished the book, I said, okay, now what are you going to do? You're done with the book. I certainly didn't want to write another book. Well, you're going to be writing another book. You know that. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, sure you are. I don't think so. Oh, I don't. I'm going to go back and paint. I well, can't wait till I have a paintbrush in my hand. Well, there you go. Something artistic. You're going to do something artistic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, uh, I want to paint the seascapes that I, I, you know, have been talking about. I did a few of them. And what I find to be so beautiful here, I'm in Florida. I'll tell your audience that I live in beautiful Naples, Florida. But what is beautiful you're to just me. Bra- you're just bragging question you know, bra- it's snowing yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I, wait, but this was crazy because I, I, when I first moved here, I, we had a little puppy and I started walking him. And what I noticed was the clouds. I said, holy cow, I can't believe these clouds. i never seen anything like them. I'm used to clouds that are horizontal. Uh-huh. You know, they go, they go from the left to the right, up in the sky, the far horizons. But these clouds here in Florida, where I'm at, I'm only 12 miles from the Gulf. They're like, they go up, they go, they're vertical. They go up and down. And they're like, it's like big, I don't know, big cotton balls that are just straight up and down. And they got them all over. And it's like, okay, I got to paint this. (laughs) Up north, never believe that I'm, I'm painting this from a real sky. But yeah, that's what I found. So everything is so beautiful everywhere that you go. But it's not beautiful Unless you're happy, okay? You gotta, you've gotta let that happiness in you a little bit to, to see the beauty that we are all involved in. Exactly, exactly, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't like you're saying it's a cloud, but mm-hmm. if that's what makes you happy, yes, then yes, that's it. And see, people have to realize. All you have to do is look around. It could be it could be a patch of grass. It could be a bush. It could be a flower. Mm-hmm. If it makes you happy, there it is. That's right. And you know, another another um, thought I I came up with one day is that you know what about tomorrow? Is tomorrow going going to bring me something? And in the middle of my book, I I dedicate the middle of my book to Blessed Virgin Mary. Beautiful. I write about her because during the funeral, I had a connection with her. I asked her to help me, and I felt that she went to Jesus, her son, and she said, help her. Help her, son. She needs she needs a lot of help. And that is my, my awakening that I had with my spirituality was that I said to Blessed Virgin Mary, you're a mother. Let's face it, you're human. You're just like me. I'm human, you're human. You were given a divine birth by Jesus. And Paula was human. My daughter was human. But what Mary and I have in common is that we're two human mothers 
that lost a child. Maybe her child was divine, but it didn't matter because he still was a baby. She still had to do a lot with him that we do with all the human babies, you know, change their diaper, feed, this and that. So she worked very hard to keep him healthy and to work with him and to let him grow up. So when he died, she felt the same, if not worse, than me. And why am I saying if not worse? Because of the way they died. My daughter died in a hospital with two nurses looking over her, giving her sympathy, giving her hope, and holding her hand. I read that in the, the, in the medical papers that were written up. And so I know the two nurses were with her at her death. What about Mary? What happened to Mary? Mary followed Jesus through the crowd from the time that Pilate whipped him, had him whipped. She saw all that. She saw him bleeding. She saw him in pain. She saw him carry his cross. She saw that she witnessed. And what did she witness? She witnessed his death. She witnessed the nails going into him. She witnessed the cross going up. I literally wrote, wrote about that. And as I wrote about that, I cried. I don't know. I cried. I just started crying. I cried until I finished the Sorrowful Mysteries, all the way up through his last breath. And then I thought about Mary, and I write about how she even became one of his disciples. She evangelized. She, she went. I'm sure she did. You know, we don't know everything. Not everything is written in the Bible that we don't know, like Jesus growing up as a little boy. There's not too much of that. But I used my heart, my imagination that God gave me. He gave me that so to think about. So I did use that. I used my imagination, and I wrote some beautiful things about Mary. And so where I'm going with this is that the rosary is what helped me. I say the rosary every day. And why do I say the rosary every day? Because if I have a bad day, something doesn't go right, something could really go wrong, and, you know, where it makes me cry that something else happens, even an argument with my husband or, you know, or with my other daughter, something happened, you know, we didn't agree on something. What I think about is I go, Carol, what did you do for yourself yesterday or last night that was positive? And I said, I said the rosary. And you know it's okay. This too shall pass. This is just a little bump in the road. Make sure you say your rosary before you go to bed so you have another day that you made it. Because you live through today. And that's how I've been going through my days for 30 years, one after another. Well, that's what, again, we were talking about that earlier. You know, people freak out. They, they, they worry. And sometimes we worry We worry unnecessarily about things we make it through day by day and if you have faith you're going to make it through the day you know like we were talking about remembering back about those days where oh my god i'm not gonna have money for the rent oh Mm -hmm. my god i don't have money for the electric Mm -hmm. but yeah you're still living with a roof over your head you still have lights on in your house you still have gas Mm -hmm. in your stove you make it through those days and you worry yourself sick mm-hmm. and have more faith. And having more faith by, by saying that, yes, you have to have faith above. You also have to have faith in you. And by having faith in you is having faith in God or having faith in who you believe in. But you have to have faith in you. That's right, and that's that's where you become stronger and stronger every day, is if you have faith. You you nailed it, Jimmy. You nailed it. That's what it's all about. Is that you? You know, it's better to believe because it's going to make your life happier. Exactly. Not, not believing is not going to do it. You're not going to be happy. Believe, I, and I can't tell you how many people I hear from that saying. I don't know where I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. Have faith in you. Mm-hmm. If you stop, if you stop and think for a second, the answer is going to come to you eventually. Have faith that you can do it. Too many, pe- too many people give up on themselves. And that one little word, that one little word, faith, 
can help you through so many things, whether it be faith, you know, faith in God. You have to have faith in God. By having faith in God, though, having faith in God isn't like having a magic genie. <laughs> having faith in God isn't having three wishes. You have to have faith in yourself and work with God. You know what, too, Jimmy, that everything you're saying is so true. There's there's something I'd like to add to that, and, and I'm going to be really very honest with your audience. After Paula died, and I got, I got terribly sick, just terribly sick, I went to my doctor, and I, he did put me on antidepressants. And I had been on antidepressants um, a good number of years. And I'd go off of them, and then I'd go back on them. The point I want to make is this. We have help at our disposal. And I do believe that if you are having such a difficult time in sleeping, you have to get sleep because if you don't sleep and, and uh, the death of someone you love, trust me, you, you don't want to sleep. I mean, you're up thinking mm -hmm. about it all the time. That you talk to your doctor, he'll help you. And, you know, get yourself a good doctor, one that doesn't over-medicate. And I do believe, I believe strongly in therapy, but Get Christian therapy, one who believes in God. I don't like therapists if they don't talk about God. They just think you're going to do this on your own, and it's not necessary because God does exist. Exactly. So you must, you must use him. He does exist. So that's what you do. You take care of your physical body. You take care of going to a doctor. You get yourself healthy as you can. Uh, if you are a drinker, let that go. Get rid of that. Get it out of your life because you want to think clearly. You want to be able to be in control of yourself because when you get healthy again, you're going to be successful again. And you're going to make the people that love you, love you more and be so proud of you. In fact, they're going to start leaning on you for you to help them. This is true. This is true. You have to be clear-headed. And it's the same thing, people self-medicating. Leave the medication to the doctor. I guess people know that I'm really against this uh, legalized marijuana stuff. Not because I'm a stick in the mud, but <clears throat> marijuana, is, is a, it started out as a medication. Well, it started out as being illegal. Then they found a way to use it as a medication, and I think that's great. Uh I'm a child. I'm, I'm a child of the '60s and the '70s, and I'm, I was no uh, goody two shoes back then. But I realize what it is. I realize what it is, and it now they they use it as a medication, and that's fine. But now you legalize it. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Now, if you would have told me back in the '60s and the '70s you were legalizing it. And I was a teenager, I would have been going, wow, okay. But as an adult, that's crazy. And you know what, Jimmy, if I can interject with that and say that what I believe, and, and you know what, folks out there, I'm 78 years old, okay? And so I, I've, been, I've been alive for a long time. I've seen a lot of things come and go. And... As far as the legalized marijuana goes, my voice to that would be, if this was controlled by your doctor and it was like given to you like any antibiotic or any pain medication by a doctor, then I would say it may be worth it to try it, but not on your own. The reason why is, is that we as humans, all of us, become weak we like that feeling of no pain so what you do you know what you don't realize is that when you take it the more you take it you become immune to it so therefore you need more and more of it well for heaven's sakes before you know it you're addicted to this pain medication that the doctor gave you and so again you've got to get yourself a good doctor one who actually doesn't believe in heavily medicating you and then Stick with the program. Don't go beyond. Don't ask for more. And when you start feeling good, that's when you start weaning off. It's like a person who likes ice cream. If you continue to eat that big chunk of ice cream every night, you're going to get plain downright fat. 
<laughs> so what you want to do is you want to take it in moderation. And when you start feeling that, you know, you might be getting a little tired of the sweetness, start cutting back. You can't do anything overly. You have to do it in moderation. Well, I just, I just think it's crazy that you, that you would legalize a drug. That's a, what's next? Are you going to legalize opioid, o, you know, opiates? Uh, that that's just nuts. And then in Colorado, they they legalize hallucinogens. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I and mean, can you can I you would, imagine? I wouldn't want to get on public public transportation in Colorado. No, could you imagine, Jimmy, being a parent and having lost your child to no. that? No, 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 and again, no. I mean, I know I must, I must sound like, you know, a, a stick in the mud, but you know what? Let me sound like a stick in the mud because I don't want my kids going out and buying, going to, going to a store. Can you imagine now in New York, they have two legal stores right now in New York uh -huh. City. So you go into the store. And they they sell other things, I guess, because you have a bunch of illegal stores selling pot. So you go into this, this illegal store, and there's, it's a bodega. And oh, I want a half pound of bologna, a half pound of cheese, a jar of peanut butter, a quarter ounce of pot, uh, a jar of pickles. Oh, you don't have pickles? All right, give me everything else. What is this, nuts or what? Get yeah. out of here. I don't, yeah. I don't want my kid going into a store and being able to buy pot over the counter. Yeah. It's too bad. They're, they're a child. You know, these 16, 17-year-olds, they don't know what's the, how big their life is ahead of them, how, what they've got to do. They don't realize how hard they have to work to even succeed to put food on the table. Exactly. So what, are, what are they doing right from day one? They're they're screwing up their bodies, and making their bodies. Not only Great. that, you you have to get you have to be able to go. You have to go to college. You have to get you have to get an education. You have to. Yeah, how are you going to do this if you're going to be the the neighborhood melon head walking around going, "Hey, feed the head, feed the head, get yeah. out of here." I seen That's all right. of that in this. Like I said in the seventies, you seen these guys that are walking around. They don't even know what planet they were on. And no, no, the last and the thought. Thought that it's legal, they can't. If you're if you're drunk and they pull you over, they can give you a breathalyzer test and they can see that you're over point point oh eight, so you're legally drunk. They take you in, they lock you up, they make you sleep it off, whatever. They can't tell how high someone is. They can just tell you that you're smoking, that you've smoked pot. So they don't mm -hmm. know whether the, you've smoked an ounce of pot. Or a pound of pot. They don't know. Mm -hmm. But you're out there driving a car. Yeah. Or, or a bus or a truck. Yeah. Uh, no, it's crazy. And, 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 and what's the next thing that could happen is that you kill someone or you kill yourself. Exactly. That's, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing good in excessive. No. Like alcohol or drugs. Nothing that comes out of it good. There's there's three things that happen to you. One, you meet a, someone in a white jacket. Mm -hmm. That's the institution. Two, a blue jacket, which is the police. Right. The third one is the black jacket, which is the undertaker. I just think so, of I think of all the people that I've met that are disabled, and I'd say 40% of the people that I've met, 40 to 50% of the people that I met are disabled because of either the, a drunk driver or they were driving drunk themselves. Yes. Jimmy, you have a big voice to say to that out loud to, to make people understand because you have a true disability and you've lived it. You've lived it and you are doing fantastic, I, fantastic life ahead of you i just i i i see this and i see people that are in such bad shape because someone decided to get into a car and these people that i've met they were doing they were doing nothing wrong they were walking across the street they were driving home from work and some nut 
decided they were going to stop at a bar and get back in their car and drive. And they crashed into them. Mm. And they've, they've, ended their, they've, they've ended their normal life and put them in a position that they can hardly take care of their family anymore. Yes, terrible. And, and all because they wanted to stop and have a good time. See, I, I'm, again, I may sound like a stick in the mud, but I think anyone that goes to, a, goes to a bar that has a parking lot and they drive their car there, and then they, if that bar has a parking lot and you bring your car there and you come out of that bar and you get in your car, that's, pre, that's a crime that's premeditated, that, yes. drunk, that drunk driving. That's a premeditated crime because you, you brought your car to that bar. You parked in the parking lot. You went into that bar. You drank and you came out. You brought your car there knowing that you were going to drunk you're going to be driving drunk. Jimmy, I believe that your listeners listen to you so they can hear you tell it the way it is. Because I've just met you tonight. It's the first time talking with you. But I've gotten to know who you are and how hard you've worked to get where you're at with this disability. And people that have nothing that's happened to them, they want to hear this because they need to. They want to stay on the right path and stay healthy. I hope and this, so. Yeah, this is what this is what all of us need. We need comparisons in our life to see how lucky we are to have what we have and how not to screw it up. I mean, what not not to endanger your body and then go out and kill somebody because you're all wired yeah. on something that you shouldn't be on. Because you felt like going out and getting twisted. You put some... I, I know I know one fellow. I'm not going to mention his name. Here's a guy that's got three kids and a wife. And he was doing nothing wrong. He was coming home from work. Guy works like a dog. And some nut comes out of a bar and T-bones him. He's now in a wheelchair. He can no longer hold the job. He's collecting Social Security. And thank God for Social Security, but it, it's not exactly, um, you're not going to, you, you're barely making ends meet. His wife is now working, and his whole existence did a, just did a complete turnaround. Here's a guy that works, he, he worked six days a week, doing the best he could, raising his family, putting them through, putting them through private school, and now his kids are in public school. He's barely making ends meet. And all because this one guy had to stop and get his get a buzz. Yeah, the guy the guy the guy got convicted, but he did no time really. I think he did eight mm -hmm. months. He did eight months and this fellow's gonna do the rest of his life in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah, in a wheelchair. Absolutely. Uh, it sickens me. And there's stories like that every day. People that are on our websites every day that you know, have Jimmy, stories like that. Everyone wants to hear, you know, um, like a plan for themselves. Can they, how, how to do things. And I just like to just add, you know, a few last words and say that where you start is with yourself. You know, and, and life is like having a circle around you. You first start with God in your life, you and God, and then you bring in your spouse and then you bring in your children, then you bring in your parents, and then you bring in your other relatives, and your friends may sneak in there and be real close to your circles in the inner or on the outer, but you place them as you want to. But the whole point I'm going to make is that you must start with yourself and God. You ask God, God will tell you, and you pray. That's how you do it. Try it. It works. I agree, but there's one other thing. That I'm gonna, I, I just want to put out there. No matter what, no matter where you're at, things can always be worse. No oh, matter what. Yes. Because right now, I'm gonna use myself as an example. I have one leg. I'm in a wheelchair for the rest of my life because of strokes. But no matter what, things could always be worse. Because right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in my position. I know that. And things can always, so things can always be worse. For you, Carol, the same thing. Things can oh, always yeah. be worse. Oh, my gosh. You know, every time I got sick or had to face an operation, you know, 
I'd put it in the hands of God and, and, and I'd go through with it and then I'd survive. And it was like, that was nothing. What exactly. about the first person that died, you know, before me in that operate, operating room? What about the person who lost their husband and she has to support three children? There's always someone worse off than you. Exactly. Always. Exactly. So you got to be, you got to be, you got to look at it like that. You got to look at things from the bright side. No one ever went blind by looking at things from the bright side, ever. So you got to always kind of look for things from the bright side. That's my that's my words of wisdom. <laughs> and I'll second that. There you go. There you go. I like that. I do. I do. And you know, um, I sure I sure feel good right now. Just you know, just listening to you and being able to have the opportunity to to, to speak out and to let people know that you know. There's, there's hope. There's just hope and there's a lot of love out there. Oh, you just have to find it. Exactly. It's there. If you look, mm -hmm. it's there. No matter what, it's there. You, you, it's going to be in places that you never even thought it would be. Mm -hmm. It could be in the darkest corner. If you turn on the light, you'll probably find it. You shine a flashlight. It's there. Now, Carol. I know. What? Yeah, Jimmy, I... I know one thing. I think I found some happiness with your podcast here. Well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> it's, it's a good program. It I'm, really is. I'm really glad. Good. Yeah, I think you could you could add me to one of your listeners. There you go. That's that. Now that's a positive thing. See? Yes, that's a positive. See? It sure is. Now, I could listen to you while I'm painting. They, that, that's even better. That's even better. And then. You get your first get your first painting going, and get your first painting done, and uh -huh. I'll get you back on the podcast, and I'll we'll get your painting out there, and we'll put it up on the website and get it out there for people to see. And yeah, I'll, that sounds. I'll fun. be I'll be interviewing the artiste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Now, Carol, what's the name of your book? Tell us the name of your book. Okay. Well, the name is 30, T-H-I-R-T-Y, just one word, 30. And the subtitle is A Mother's Spiritual Journey After Losing Her Child. And it's available. They make it so easy on Amazon. Let me tell you, you go to your Amazon account and, and put in, the best thing that people are telling me, put in my name, Carol J. or just Carol Slutsky will do, C-A-R-O-L-E, Slutsky, S-L-U-S-K-I, and the book will pop up, and it, the retail on it, it's cheap, it's like a little under $15 for a book, it's, um, it's a good-sized book, too, I think I, I went over, I got about 200 and, 200 and some pages, just remember that the middle of the book, chapter three, is about Mary. Everything is based around Mary. The end of the book, I've got a little thing in there to my mother. I, I, I tell her, I write a letter to her, and I tell her I saved the best for the last, my mother. Cool. Now, is it also available on Kindle? Yeah, oh, it's available on Kindle. I think that my husband bought Kindle, and I think he said that was like $9, nine, not 10 I know it was about 9 so it's on Kindle, and it's going to be, it's in bookstores. If it's not, you can get it in a bookstore by ordering it. I know Barnes & Noble, they're waiting to see how Amazon does with it before they stock it. That was the word I heard from my publisher. But it's just been released. It hasn't been out there not quite a month yet. Oh, really? Mm hmm And what about audiobook? Haven't had that done, and the publisher said that they want to wait to see the results with it in uh, paperback and Kindle. And then I'd like to make the audio, and I would like to be the one who, who reads it. I was just going to suggest that. I was. Yeah, I would love to read it because I know if I read it, I'm going to cry in it. And when I cry... The people that I know, they go, oh, my gosh, you made me cry. It feels so good. <laughs> so, you know, that's the way it works, guys. So, you know, it makes it makes me happy to uh, share it. I'm, I'm sharing this with everyone. 
to be really honest, I want to share this with everyone in the world. There you everyone go. in the world. But that I I think you should read it. I honestly, you have the voice for it. Well, thank you. You do. You have the voice for it. And if you if if you if you do cry through it, it's even better. Yeah, I well, I can't help not. I mean, I get to I get to sections of this book, and I'll I'll share this also. Can you believe that I go to bed every night? Now you know I'm I'm up there. I'm 78. I like to get into bed by nine. My husband's still watching Fox News, <laughs> and I want to read my book. So I. You know, start from the beginning to the end. I go through it all. And I say the same thing when I get to certain parts. Geez, did I really write that? You know, geez, did I really write that? And, you know, and then, of course, I say, yeah, I did, I did, I did. And But, it, you know, it's basically so I do forget stuff because of my age. So I want to be on top of it when I do a podcast, you know, interview. But I know, I remember what the heck I wrote. So it's, uh, and I enjoy, I enjoy reading it. You know, I don't know why, but I enjoy reading it because I say, how did you come up with that poetry? Can I read one last thing? Sure. I want to read what I have on the back cover. Now, I did the painting for the cover, um, The Eagle. I was going to ask you, did you do the, did you do the artwork for the book? Yeah, I did. I did the artwork in, in, in the inside of the book uh, at the very end of Mary, chapter three, going on chapter four. I have a picture of a painting that I did that's called Exist, a Child's Prayer. And my daughter, Paula, she, that's the one that passed away. She she wrote that poem, I don't know, when she was an early teenager. And I did the picture, I, I did the painting with two angels and a little child, and I, at, in, the, in the poem, I did that in watercolors, and the original I gave away to a church, to the school where the, the little children are when I moved up, out of Illinois to Florida. So I did that painting in the cover, but this eagle is actually a real Floridian eagle living right here in Naples. A, a photographer did a series of eight photographs and put it on Facebook. I discovered it on Facebook, and I I uh, messaged him and asked him if I could use the eagle with the wide wings spread out. As This eagle is literally coming in for a landing, and he captured that that landing. So I said, I would love to paint that. So he said, absolutely. He'd be privileged to have me do it. And um, I wish I could remember his name, but I'm going to have to go back on Facebook and find it. But so that's the cover. And I wrote a poem that just came out of my head about this eagle. And I'll read it to your viewers here. I visualized I was standing in the middle of a field looking up into the baby blue sky. The clouds are fluffy like huge cotton balls spreading across as far as one can see. The sun's rays are glimmering, shining through and beyond the clouds down to the earth as a faint rainbow starts to appear. Then out of the nowhere comes this beautiful eagle with its wings spread wide, gliding downward as it picks up Paula's soul and flies her up to heaven. Beautiful. So that's, you know, that that makes me cry a lot, that poem. Very, very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. Well, I'm getting tired. <laughs> almost time at 9 o'clock. I was going to say, it's almost your bedtime. <laughs> Bye. Huh? Almost your bedtime. Yes. No, I I read. I start reading at 9. I, I you know, I could stay up till 11. Oh, I you, can make that. You wild yeah. thing, you. I know, hey, that's what happens. We elderly, we do know how to live well. Oh, I guess. But this has been a pleasure. Carol, this has been a real pleasure. And I want to thank you for coming on with me. And Well, you're welcome. We're going to, we'll probably do this again. We'll probably do this again. Well, I want to tell you, Jimmy, I want to thank you really. And I mean this. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. You are quite a person, a gentleman to to know, well, and I give you a lot of credit. Well, I, you know, 
I thank you for that. But you're 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 a beautiful person. You're definitely a beautiful person, and I, it's been my privilege to talk to you tonight. But okay. like I said, we we'll, we we just we'll do it again. We just might do this again, especially when you get your first picture out there. We'll do <laughs> we'll do we'll do it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, Carol. Thank you so much, and I'll I'll be talking to you again real soon. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Right, take care. Thanks again. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. See, so what did I tell you? Was I right about Carol or was I right? She is a sweetheart. She is a great person. And I want to thank her for sharing her story. And I want to thank her for being on an apple a day. And I hope she'll come back on again. And I want to thank you, the listener, for being here today. It means so much to me. I want to remind you, things can always be worse. That's right. Right now, there's somebody somewhere wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse, my friends. Remember that. And do me a favor, please. Be the reason today that somebody smiles. Give them a wave. Give them a handshake. Give them a pat on the back. Say something nice to somebody. Make them smile. You'll feel so good. That feeling becomes addictive. You'll want to do it again and again and again. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great, that's a great habit to have. It's a great addiction to have. Making somebody smile. You'll feel good. They'll feel good. You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. Don't forget to check out our chat groups. And don't forget to stop by again tomorrow. We'll have an apple fritter for you tomorrow. Have a great one today, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple. Your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.